0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the Golfer's Journal podcast. I'm your host DJ Pihauski. I'm very excited to have Larry Wilmore on the podcast today. Larry is a prolific TV man. I think that's the only way you can you can say it. He started as a writer on In Living Color and The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Uh, he was a recurring guest on The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. He created the Bernie Mac show. He's done he's done pretty much everything in TV and more recently he was the he's the executive producer for Blackish on ABC and was also the co-creator of HBO's Insecure. But the reason we're talking today is that Larry got hooked on the game of golf in the early 90s and has been an absolute nut about the game ever since. Uh, He talked a great deal about this in issue number six of the Golfer's Journal, so go check that out if you haven't already. And speaking of TGJ number six, there is still time to give a gift subscription to the Golfer's Journal for the holidays. Even up until the last minute, you can buy a gift subscription and have a notification email sent to the recipient on the day of your choosing. Uh, It saves you from having to lug around more presents. It gives them a gift that's going to keep refreshing itself throughout the entire year. Uh, If you still have golfers on your shopping list, go to golfersjournal.com right now to get them taken care of. We are brought to you today by all of the golfers who have purchased the subscriptions I was just talking about, as well as our six sponsors of the Golfers Journal, Scotty Cameron, Soul, Titleist, New York Private Bank and Trust, Oakley, and Links and Kings. And now let's get into my chat with Larry Wilmore. You know, you said something in the magazine Q and A that that really resonated with me. You kind of said that you you divide up golf shots into three sections. You have the shot that your heart wants to hit, the yes. shot your brain thinks you should hit, yes, and the shot your body will allow you to hit. That's that was yes. That's about like the saddest the saddest poetry assessment of of my thought process. Oh, I think that I've ever I, heard.
1: Yeah, that to me, I think that's what makes great golfers consistent. Is they under, like they instinctively understand that relationship. I don't you know, they don't consciously think of it. But um a friend of mine who's um uh, he's a golf pro, he's been teaching for a long time, that kind of stuff. He played on the tour for a real short time, I think. I think back in the eighties. But um I think one thing he said I, and I'm not saying it properly, but I feel like he has a relationship with his body and the ground that I don't have. You know, know. that's where all the power comes from, right? Yes, exactly. And he, he just—I think they have a better sense when of navigating themselves when things are off than other people do. Of course, you have the extraordinary hand-eye coordination and talent and all that stuff too. You know, and all the—you know—you have to practice and all that. But there is that something about those really good golfers where they can. Um, correct themselves, and that's the part that is the most amazing thing, too. You know.
0: Yeah, and that's that's the stuff that all the video technology yeah. and everything is just. I, I don't know. That that makes me feel like I'm even further away yes. from because from being we, a professional than we than all have a, <laughs> I have before
1: because we all have a shot when we're playing well, when we're on, right? I mean, then you have a shot at your right. own personal. Yeah, that is easy.
0: Nothing's easier than yeah, that.
1: Yeah, whatever your glory is, but it's it's the eighty-five percent of the time when you're off. Which is probably correct, right? <laughs> you know, how do you still, you know, play well? And that's people that do that. I, that's what I'm amazed at the most by golf. Which is why, like Tiger's career was, I think it's so amazing because of his ability to be consistent at that level that he played at even like people used to make fun of him he said yeah i kind of won with my b game or c game but i'm like oh my god you beat those people (laughs) by 10 strokes with with that i mean when you really take that seriously it's actually more extraordinary than when he won with his a game which we were all that's why
0: i I, yeah i think tiger's probably like the most underrated player of all time in that regard
1: which is an odd thing to say right it is Yeah, yeah exactly well, let's uh let's
0: set a baseline for the for the conversation here. So, how how is your game? What are we what are we dealing with on the other end um, of the phone here?
1: My game's too messy right now, but I'm <laughs> I you know, here's my explanation. I'm struggling with a, an injury that I have not addressed. So, it's just hard for okay. me to get, to get through the ball. But um I'm basically I guess you could say I'm a bogey golfer, you know. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm in the. That, that's I'm, right where you want to be,
0: I think. You're 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 good enough to be dangerous exactly. on a on a scramble team or something that's like that. That's
1: exactly right. Because I've always had <laughs> natural power, and when i when my rhythm is on, my short game is pretty decent, you know. But um, yeah, because I don't play enough, I don't get a chance to really hone things well. And and I'm I'm a naturally creative person, and it works against you when you're not playing all the time. It's funny. It sounds odd, but my creativity works against me because I don't have a chance to hone <laughs> it. But when I'm playing a lot, my creativity works for me. Like I'd be better well, off. Well,
0: and that that takes me back to the first point where yes. you have the shot that your eye can see or that's your right. heart wants to hit. That's, like, that's exactly where the creativity right. Yeah, that, just works against you. I Trust exactly me, you were right. preaching to the choir on this one.
1: Yeah. So like I would be much better off if I was anal retentive. And yes. I, I would stubbornly just do things the, the same way every time I would be a much better golfer because that
0: is that's perfectly said, I think.
1: Yeah, I would be I, I would actually I think I would definitely be a single digit probably. I think I could be like a at, at least like a six or seven if, if I was in a you know, be, and, I'm, <laughs> and I'm saying not playing all the time because I've seen myself hit really good shots. But then it's like, OK, Larry, you know, your brain is going to take you away from that next time you play. Trust me, because you're going to try to tinker and you're going to be creative and you're going to try to do this and you're going to try to do that, which is great if you play a lot. But it's not great if you don't.
0: Well, and that's where I don't think that I don't think golf would be as fun if that was the case. I, I've yeah. played with especially if you play with. You know, ladies that are really, really, really good. Yes, and they hit, they hit every single fairway. Absolutely, they hit every single green, yes. and they either one, two, or three putt. That's kind of the variance of the game. Absolutely, I'm like, man, isn't isn't that boring? Like, isn't nope. it fun to be in the trees and try to get up Not and down? You know, that's yeah. Maybe that's a different perspective. I always it's a, say it's I a hit into up trouble, so I maybe, can hit but.
1: out of trouble. That's what I've always said. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
0: well. Well, let's uh you got you got into it in the magazine a little bit, but what what really got you into the game because you're you're at a sure. level now I can I can already tell just from talking to you and reading about you I mean you're you're kind of a golf sicko at this point. You're
1: you're way in. Yeah, I've been in for a long time. Well, here's what happened. When uh when I got engaged back in the in the early mid 90s, um I was just looking for something to do with my fiancé me and my wife. Let's find something that we could do together. You know how you do that type of thing. And I saw right. golf lessons for couples, that type of thing, or golf lessons. I figured we could do it as a couple. And, you know, we both had a lot of fun, and she was pretty much done after the lessons, even though she got, like, the matching <laughs> outfit with the matching bag, you know, all that kind of stuff. And uh, and for me, I was hooked. I was just hooked into the, into the whole um, psychology of it immediately because I grew up playing sports you know I love playing sports and golf was something that I just kind of missed growing up but I w- was very busy playing other things and I grew up in a real competitive sports neighborhood like many people in my neighborhood played pro sports and different types of sports so it was very competitive and uh, where was that What was that
0: where where was that where did you in, grow
1: up uh, that was in Pomona California Southern California okay. yeah real sports area um very competitive in in that arena um and golf was around but it's one of those things like if you don't have a toyota you don't see toyotas on the road you know but once you buy <laughs> right. once you buy like a camry everybody's got a camry it's like where did these camrys come from right so <laughs> it was that type of thing so um so i had a sense of golf i remember uh like sensing it around me and that type of thing, you know. And I, I had a chance to play when I was in my early standup days. You'd be on the road, and some guys would would want to go play golf. And I go, nah. I would find the local gym, like at the college, and play basketball. You know that type of thing. And I kind of, it's funny. I was kind of snotty towards the golf. I think for a long time. And right before I started to play, I was doing this uh, show called the Jim Thorpe Pro Sports Awards. It was kind of a precursor to the Espies, right? It was um, mm-hmm. uh, produced by Kim Wolf, who did Monday Night Football. And I got to um, be around all these great athletes. It was amazing, you know, me growing up in sports. Some of my heroes like Franco Harris, you know, and Muhammad Ali. And and um, I remember we gave Freddie Couples won an award for golf of the year, I think. And I didn't know who Freddie was, you know. I didn't know anything about golf, but I knew who Arnold Palmer was, and there was something with Arnold Palmer, I think. And it kind of intrigued me. I'm like, so what's going on with this golf, you know? <laughs> I remember thinking that in my head, right? I'm like, why is this such a... Why is everybody so t- talking about this? And, and I remember when I started taking lessons, I got it. I got it immediately. It was so funny. And it was something about the impossible perfectionism of it. Yeah. Um. There's this impossible perfectionism, which if you're competitive, you can't stop trying, you know? And... This is, you know, it's so there's so many metaphors that golf has. If you're the type of person that is competitive, if you're philosophical, <laughs> if you if you believe in trying to be better at something, not just good at something, you know, better yourself. It, like it, it has all these intersections that work on you emotionally, psychically, you know, and competitively. And I had never played anything like that. There's no other sport that compared to that, you know.
0: Um, yeah. And it, it's kind of one of those things. I, I, it's hard to talk about with someone who's who's not a golfer, which I'm sure we can get into, but they just are not, they're going to look at you totally blankly, but you know, I can, I can look at it and it's like, I I can relate everything in my life. There's some golf application that, that helps it make sense. You know, it's, if I was asking nothing but bad questions here, it would be, you know, I just, I I felt good coming in and I just, I couldn't take it from the range to the course, you know, I I couldn't. I couldn't make it work.
1: Or you know, uh, yeah, it's it's yes. Or things like play with what you got. You know, how great is that as a as a way to live? You know, fix your own divot, right? (laughs) Rake rake your bunker. You know, take responsibility for call files on yourself. I mean, it's like what is this thing? You know, (laughs) what is this medieval testing of character? You know, Um, but as soon as you become a parent, you realize you can use these on your kids. You know, which is great. You know. Uh, so now
0: that you've been in in it for for so long, I'm curious, what is it that you really look for from the game? I mean, is it are, are you chasing, you know, a mythical score? Are you are you chasing bag tags? Are you chasing a, an experience? What you know, what is it that you kind of search for and and hope to get out
1: of it? That's a really good question. Um, um I think the biggest thing for me. I just want to get that cons- consistency back in my game where I can really um, compete better, you know. I can't compete right now just because of a few limitations. I had, like, this shoulder thing last year and now dealing with this. So I just want to get that back because I really do enjoy hitting hitting good shots and making scores and that kind of stuff and playing with friends. I'm not, like, a big better or that type of thing. That doesn't interest me that much, you know. But I am. Yeah. Here's what's interesting, like – um. I was playing with a friend of mine who I was playing in a tournament at his club once, and um I was just playing so so not that well and um, and I said, I was just joking. I said, I'll be honest with you i I really p- uh perform better in front of a crowd, you know, I did stand up comedy, I'm kind of a performer, sure, and we were kind of laughing about it. I said, I don't play as well just with nobody looking. I like like <laughs> I like the pressure of having to make a shot and having a crowd look at me. And so we were joking about that. And then they had the part of the tournament where it was the derby and everybody's playing the same hole, big crowd and everything. (laughs) I smash a drive, of course, best drive I hit all day. (laughs) It's a long par five uphill. I mean, it's a really tough hoe. Um, He hits a really good shot. We're right before like a bunker that's facing this, long green that goes uphill if you don't get it all the way up there it's like three tiers it will roll all the way back and off the green that's how fast the green is too it's treacherous pin is all the way in the back bunker guarding it long bunker guarding the green on the left side you know i'm describing this like an announcer too right so (laughs) here's what i do i take out a seven iron and in my mind i'm picturing I'm going to hit this like a a long putt chip almost with this 7 iron that's going to clear the bunker and roll all the way up there. That's what I'm imagining in my mind. This is what I mean by okay. creativity. This is not a shot I ever <laughs> practice. I never practice this shot, right? I mean, who who's <laughs> not who's not going to take a 60 degree 54 and try to get it up to that level and and have some a little spin on it maybe and have it stay there, you know, just enough. Or maybe take um maybe a pitching wedge, and just kind of run it up there or something, you know, a little check span. whatever you got. Here I am. I'm taking this shot I've never hit before, right? Never. But I completely imagined it in my mind, you know? I completely saw it <laughs> rolling up there because I did not want it to roll back. I hit the shot. It rolls up, goes in for an eagle. Everybody's gonna, I'm like, see, that's what I'm talking about. I go, and my friend is like, oh, my God, where did that come from? I said, the crowd. I have a crowd here. I'm telling you, you know, it was so funny. You're a show
0: pony. That's... You know, you got you to gotta have the audience around.
1: I, I love that. Rise to the level of what's around you, you know, rise to the level. Of- That's Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's Put me by uh, myself, but put me with just a couple of friends in that same situation, you know, that ball's going right into the bunker, right? That's the thing, you know. Well, it
0: seems like you need to, it, it always seems to me if, you know, when you're out at PJ Tour events or, or whatever, it seems like there's like this, um, like this circuit of pro-ams that all these same celebrities... Yes. Playing whether it's Alfonso Ribeiro, Josh sure. Dumel, all these, all these guys, right. you need to, you need to get with those guys, get on that circuit. I think you, know, see, so you can, you can probably start, uh, see, start but, knocking some strokes see, off brother, your handicap. A but. brother's
1: got to make some money. I don't know how these guys get all the time <laughs> to play this That's golf. True. That's fair. Yes, yeah. it's like I got to work for a living. Where do you guys get all this time to play all these tournaments? I get maybe if they're doing Pebble once a year in that Tahoe thing. But Jesus, I mean, some of these tours, there's a lot of events, you know.
0: Well, that's why I'm curious. What is your schedule like? I mean, you're you're involved in most shows on TV. I feel like you've got the podcast. You've very got everything busy. going on. Yeah, What's, I'm very busy. <laughs> the What's your,
1: that's the that's <laughs> what I mean by not really having time to play. Like if I'm yeah if I'm lucky, I can play once a month, and that's what I mean. You don't have time to really work on your game in that kind of schedule. Um, and I can go months without playing, and then I you know and not even picking up a club, and you know. But the best thing for me, if I want to play well, the best thing for me is either Right before I play, the day before, spend like an hour to just at the short game area. Like not, I can't. Yeah. I can't go to the normal range. I have to go to the short game area because for me, it's more about rhythm than trying to fix anything technical, which I just have to accept. Yeah, that's it's that's like g- the most relaxing exactly. activity you can do, and too. it's so much fun because I have so much fun doing that. Because then I'll practice like all different types of little shots and that kind of stuff. That's what I have to tell you. Practice is as fun as playing for me. I love practicing, but that's I've done that in other sports. When I played basketball really young, I would spend hours just on the court working on different moves and that kind of stuff. And um, something you have to know about me is I'm an amateur magician. I do, like, card tricks. I'm a member of the Magic Castle, that type of stuff. And I'll spend hours practicing sleight of hand and that type of thing. So I really love that type. That part of the game is working on something so then when you get out there, it looks like magic, but you know you worked on it for hours and you know what that is, you know.
0: I think my issue with with practicing, and it kind of keeps coming back to the same issue, is I won't stand there and work on technical things and try to hit 200 shots in a row that all right. look identical. I'll I'll hit five of those shots, and then I'll start to wonder, like, oh, I wonder if I can hit this seven iron. Yep. I, do I wonder if I can thing. curve it around the golf cart that's exactly. out there, and then I just it, it. That's why it becomes more fun for me. I don't know if that's if that's your experience. Yeah, as well. me too.
1: I do that too, but but and that's why I say I do admire the people who can hit that 200 those 200 shots yeah, are the same shot exactly because that is the only way to get um to raise the level of your game is to have that type of repetition i just don't have that amount of time anymore you know
0: so i'm i'm curious when when you can play you you've obviously you know you've, you've well connected got money to play i mean what with with what's available to you i'm curious what your what's your ideal
1: okay. golf experience so you have to know sense. this about me so even though you say that, that is not my experience in how I feel. Well, that's why I'm that's <laughs> yes. why I'm curious. But it, it feels like that. But like, um, I've belonged to a club since 2004, and, and I like playing there it's here in Oakmont, um, here in Glendale, Oakmont Country Club. A friend of mine was a member there, and he invited me to join. I said, "Oh, this could be a fun thing. My kids are young. Maybe I could teach them the game there." And as busy as I am, it's a good place to play, right? But I still yeah. like to just get out. And just play anywhere and with anybody. Get in nine holes somewhere or that type of thing. A buddy of mine um, who is uh, a member at Friendly Hills, which is anything but friendly, that course. Um, (laughs) We've gone all over and played everywhere. And we just love the camaraderie of playing. It really doesn't matter. But I'm not the type of guy. I don't play with celebrities like I like Lakeside here in California is like the big celebrity club. I'm I'm kind of like not that type of person. I'm more, I'm, like I don't like that type of thing. Even though I'm in showbiz, if you met me, you wouldn't think that. You know, I'm really not in that type right. of thing. You know, um, so I I'd rather play like I like playing with people who I just meet. Sometimes it's so much fun. You know, and just uh,
0: it's amazing how how often you click with. Those yeah. people, and learned, as far as yeah. you know, if you wanted to 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 put kind of broad humanity on the scale and how often you click with people in general society, yeah. you know the the amount your batting average in golf is is pretty crazy high.
1: Yeah, and I love, I really do. I've met so many people on the golf course, you know, and had a good time with with people just playing casual games and stuff. I think I enjoy that probably more so than. Of playing with this like I've never had the same group of people I play with all the time and those cash games and all that I guess that just doesn't interest me as much <laughs> you know <laughs> I think because what I do is kind of in the high stakes arena you know for a living so I yeah so I right. like I look to golf as more of a relief and more of an escape and more of of having fun I look for it more in the fun mode than the competitive mode if that makes sense
0: well, well I'm curious you have you know there there's kind of this age old perception of golf in Hollywood with, you know, the yeah. Dean Martins and Sinatra's and Bing Crosby's sure. and, and all these guys, <laughs> obviously things have changed quite a bit over the last 50, 60 right. years. I'm, I'm curious, what's the role of golf in Hollywood now, if, if that makes sense? What do you, uh, you know, where do you kind of see the game as as far as where it fits into Hollywood? It's a good Hollywood question. Show
1: I don't, you know, I think it may be, it may be in a generational place right now because I know. A lot of people around my age got into the game, like George Lopez is a buddy of mine, and he's a big right golf fan. People like Don, he's
0: C- he's on the circuit, the pro am circuit.
1: Yeah, exactly. But George has a lot of time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, people, I know people like Don Cheeto play, you know, and and you a lot of those people that you see, they're. They're a little older now, you know. But I, I think when you when you see people – so I don't know about the younger Hollywood. I don't know if they care about the game. It's hard to tell, you know. But I think there are some younger athletes who may be attracting them, like when, when you see Steph Curry playing in a pro-am or playing in, right. a, in that um, web.com thing and that kind of stuff. I think he might be interesting younger people into the game um, in in that arena, you know. But um, it's tough to say. I don't have an observation of it right now. I have no idea. Well, I'm
0: uh, I'm curious. I know you said this isn't your your weekly game that you that you play with celebrities, but obviously you must have played some golf with celebrities over the years. I'm curious sure. who some of the some of the best players you've seen are, and then I'm guessing you'll know the natural follow up to that question.
1: Um, well, I haven't played with a lot, but I've I've had some intersections. One of the funniest things I was playing in this tournament. I think it was at Riviera, and I saw Dennis Hopper, <laughs> and and uh, I'm, you know, I, you always wonder what somebody like that's going to be a person, and I remember I just looked down and I said, "What are you doing here?" Just kind of accusatory, and he said, "What are you doing here?" And we just kind of laughed, <laughs> and I was like, "That was cool." I had a running with Dennis Hopper, you know. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think who I, have I played with anybody? I can't. Hmm. Um, I think I mentioned this in the article when I was working on Fresh Prince a couple of times I hit balls with Will out at um, a a little nine hole kind of small course and that Stuff like that was fun, you know. It was good memories. I'm ter-
0: I'm terrified you're going to tell me he was really good at golf too. Oh, like Will he's Smith good, at everything, is good at, at
1: everything. He's just good at everything. <laughs> it's just one of those things, you know. I know. There's nothing, and there's nothing we can do about it, you know. <laughs> right. Um, Alfonso has a really good game. Um, he's yeah. He seems like he's he's a really solid player. He's been good for a long time. I think though. He's uh well Alfonso he was a dancer. I think that balance and everything helps you. If you if you're playing golf, that natural kind of, you know, coordination and all that kind of stuff, you know.
0: Right. Well, I'm curious uh, if if you are I behind Joe
1: Pesci once. I remember he was real loud. That I How, what was that like? It was just kind of weird. I think he's. I think he he just is very loud.
0: <laughs> well, that kind of goes back to your you know golf reflects life uh, sort of sort of theory.
1: Yes, um, exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so if you are let's say someone puts you in charge of of golf, you know the golf world for the day. What's what's a couple of your your first moves, your first strokes of the pen, as far as things you'd like to change about the game.
1: Well, I think they may have changed this already, but um, you no one at any time gets to to call any penalty watching television. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and also, if something isn't called in the moment, you can't go back and review it. thats That doesn't apply to any sport. I don't know any sport where you can finish a game and then go back and review something and change the outcome. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Um,
0: yeah, that's a that's a really tough one. I I struggle with that one because it's it's so hard. You when you have the footage that's so good, it's so hard to square, you know, in a fan's head. Like here's visual evidence of this rule being broken. Yeah, but we've chosen not to do anything about it or or whatever. It's like I, I'm with you. It it always feels ugly to to change it based on that. But it, I feel like it would feel ugly to to leave it alone as well. If that makes sense.
1: Well, I don't think the. For me, I don't think the fan has the right to do it. If an official sees no, on I camera No, I agree with I agree with that. I think yeah. if an official sees it on camera, yes, you know, that's fine. But yeah. I don't think a fan should have a right. I don't have a right to call a football game and call a foul, you know, and call a penalty on somebody or a basketball game.
0: Excuse yeah. Well that kinda goes back to uh kind of goes back to Tiger being the most underrated player of all time also, because you gotta also think that he has a camera on him for every single shot he's that's, ever hit. Whereas yeah. the other you know 150 guys in the field necessarily they only do if they you know they're playing well or something or playing with Tiger
1: exactly and I think his swing has been overanalyzed too because I think like because he has a camera on him all the time like you don't see those other players changing their swings or messing with their things or having off you know off days you know like a uh, Tiger could hit a ball out of bounds in a pro-am and Brandel Chambly thinks he. He's doing something horrible. <laughs> all of a sudden, you know, it's like, calm down, everybody. There, are, yeah
0: twenty four twenty four hour news cycle hyper specific to golf is is kind of a tough one to way too much to attention.
1: thrust on someone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So, 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 yeah, so, so I, we're I would, we're ruling would, out would banish, ruling out that anything else. I, I would banish that completely. Um, let's see. Um, gotta let players wear shorts in the summer. Come on, man. Get I agree some. with that. Um, That's a weird one to hang on to. As a comfort thing, yeah. Let, yeah. let them go barefoot if they want. I don't care. Sam <laughs> didn't Sam Sneed yeah. play barefoot Sam, once? Sam now? Sneed used to <laughs> yeah. used to hit balls barefoot. Yeah, I ain't mad at you. you go for it. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, that goes back again to your uh, your relationship with the ground.
1: You know, exactly. You gotta, you gotta get a good feel for it. Exactly. I would actually like to see more integration with the. Uh, with the men and the women's tours, you know. I think there's a way to do that. Yeah, I think you could get young people more invested by that type of thing. Like, when you see, um, you know, they do it for these, you know, off tournaments and that type of thing. But I, th- I think you could have some kind of important tournament mixed like that that might be really fun. But I think... Uh, I think that'd be so cool. I a think four ball they,
0: with, with a guy and a girl on the yeah, same team would be like, awesome if, to watch. if there
1: were some president's cup or Ryder's cup equivalent that was yeah. a mixed format that would be so much fun you know
0: and it's it's one of those things too where the the lpga is uh i, I don't know and i, I don't want to pretend like i'm you know i've been riding really hard for the lpga or, or watching every tournament or anything right. but when you do get out to an event it's it's so much more relatable for for my game or yeah, your game or definitely. or whomever just to see the distances that they hit the ball and and how they need to make shots and right i mean the men's game has turned into so much driver flip wedge that it's, it's almost like unrelatable to to watch but it really is. women's game is not that not that case at all and it's really cool to see them next to each other
1: yeah i feel like they play within themselves in a more realistic way you know and uh yeah exactly but well i
0: think there's a i don't want to I, I don't know if it's the Vic Open. One of the Australian tournaments is is trying that out this year, where they're going to basically have a men's and a women's tournament going on simultaneously at right. the same time, which is kind of a cool idea. For, I, I think they're separate tournaments, but they're it's a cool idea for fans too, just to be able to bounce back and forth, kind think, of between holes or yeah. or whatever, just to see the difference.
1: I think it's one of the few sports that could do that, and you don't lose any of the competitive edge of it. It's not like you're doing something, and you could still make it an important event. You know where. It's the, yeah, it's totally. The, yeah, it's not. Just yeah, because I, I
0: think there's a there's a there's a context to the context stays the same, basically, right? right? Is I think what you're saying between between the two games. It's yeah, I'm I'm with you. We're yeah. in agreement there. I, I would sign off on that. Bill. I think
1: it'd be fun. You know, I think it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. So that, what? Uh, yeah. So I,
0: I feel like you know people specific to the golf world get asked this all the time, but uh, what's the what's the dream foursome for you if if you could put <laughs> one together?
1: Oh, the all time one. <laughs> yeah that's that's a interesting one well, hopefully I'd be playing well. That's the key. <laughs> <laughs> the dream one might not include me. that's the thing you know right <laughs> yeah exactly you could just be hanging out and, and
0: uh you know uh yeah,
1: i think i I think I'd wanna probably have Trevino at his best, you know yeah uh that probably would have been really entertaining um probably Arnie at his best um See, it's hard with the contemporary people because you see them so much, you know. I think about the people who right. you didn't get a chance to play with. Um, and I would have to pick, for sentimental reasons, somebody like Charlie Sifford, you know, who was one of the, yeah. you know, here's a guy that we don't have to get a sense of, of how, what his game was like, but was good enough to really stir some things up and, in terms of race on the tour and all that stuff. And first African American to really make a difference, you know.
0: Yeah, of course. I'm curious. You know, you you, the TV shows that you produce and stuff always obviously have strong black characters yeah. in them, and and I'm curious what what role race plays in the game of golf for you. I, I, obviously, it's a big part of your life, and I'm I'm just curious. You know, throwing out someone like Charlie Sifford is a is a perfect example of that. I'm curious what what that's been like for you.
1: Yeah, well, it's funny because I I always have a contrary opinion to a lot of things, you know, and um, I understand how exclusive golf was for a very long time and even how it went out of its way to exclude uh, African-Americans and people of color from from a lot of the exclusive parts of the game. Even outside of that, uh, like blacks found a way to play the game and had their own clubs and that kind of stuff and grew up kind of around that. You know, the game, later than any other sport, um, became inclusive in a way when it kind of had no choice in some ways. And you had... Right. People like um I just blanked out. Um didn't he win the players? Who's the black? Who's the black? Oh uh Calvin right? Pete. Calvin Pete, right. Calvin Pete was yeah. a trailblazer. Um in many ways, kinda opened the door a little bit for Tiger and everything. But I always like to joke that look, just because golf racist expiration date was later than other, you know, sports. Let's not fool ourselves <laughs> and think that the other sports weren't racist as well, you know. But right. w- but what I see golf as, to me, I see it from a global perspective and what it's doing around the world, you know, and not so much a white and black one, which I understand is yeah, you know, has a problematic history. You know? And um and I see a lot of a lot of the charitable things that have happened in golf too, with um, some of the things that are going on in Atlanta and some of the things that they're doing there, I think, is good too. I think it has the opportunity to be uh, t- to to grow in a way that is both can be a democratic game and it, and also have the exclusivity. Those things can happen at the same time, you know. Um, yeah,
0: I, I think that's I think that's well said. I also think it's it's hard to it's it's hard to almost keep it in context to how yeah. slow and seismic some of these these changes can be too you know yes. it's it's and there are a lot of it's easy to it's easy to look look at it you know as as things have have gone really slow but when you you know really take a broad view things have have come forward very quickly in a pretty short amount of time which is also very cool to see
1: yeah exactly and i think as people change those things change too you know the institutions right. um, are made up of people in the institutions and so you can't just look at an institution you look at the people in it too and i think the more those people have changed it's it's gotten to be a different game as well too so that's kind of how I look at it in some ways
0: well last question and i'll i'll let you get out of here i'm i'm curious you know your your chip seven iron story kind of <laughs> just re- reminds me of the the highs and lows kind of that yeah. everybody goes through on the golf course so i'm curious yeah. what's your what's your highest moment you've had on the golf course and what's maybe your most embarrassing moment you've had on the golf course
1: mhm um well yeah, I've already told that story. That's a pretty high moment because it was so public. But oh, I have, yeah. I have a different high moment. This is great. Um I have 1 hole in 1 that I got at I think it was PGA West. It's the Island Green. Okay. It's the Alcatraz uh, hole. Yeah, the Alcatraz hole that I think think Trevino got a hole in one there or something. Right,
0: in the Skins game. My
1: only hole in one. I got a plaque and everything. There were people like in the (laughs) condo watching it who cheered. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't believe it. Nine iron, 137 yards, something like that. You know, boom. Yeah. Hit and spun left, I think, and went into the hole. I was like, yeah. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. Best shot ever. Um, I remember. I can't remember where it was, but I remember the feeling of it, of playing golf one day, and it felt like I had never played before. I couldn't do anything. I think I almost started crying. <laughs> 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 I was ready to give up the game. And I'm trying to remember where that was. I mean, it was so bad. I just couldn't do anything. And I think I was playing with some people, and they we trying to give me these tips, and I'm like, "But you don't understand! I got a hole in one at Alcatraz! I know how to play the game!" <laughs> you know, and it was so horrible. It was just bad. I, oh, you know what it was? I was between swings. I was trying something out, and I got caught in the middle. And I and I had so much just confusion in my body. You know, in my head, and I couldn't do
0: I've anything. I've had that before with if you drink like uh, if you drink like a really big coffee right before you play or uh-huh. something or cold brew or something with a ton of caffeine. Yeah. I've made that mistake before, and you just yeah. your brain doesn't connect to Ugh. the rest of your body. It it's was just terrible. It's like the most out of body experience you can had, possibly have. It's and horrible. I hit
1: every type of bad shot you could possibly hit, like every yeah. type of bad <laughs> shot, and was in every horrible place you could possibly be in. And I couldn't do anything. I was skull and chips. I was—I mean, I was doing every bad thing you could do. It was terrible. And I was like, "How? <laughs> how can something like this happen? Because I like that would never happen to me in basketball." Even even if my right. shot is off, I'm not gonna forget how to shoot. You know. Yeah, exactly. Like my technique is not certainly gonna be gone, you know. It's um
0: Yeah, no, it's that's uh what you have to go through, I guess. There you go. And that's why, for some reason we keep keep
1: playing. I don't really know why. But my my motto is it's fun. It takes me seventeen homes to warm up and then I'm good.
0: well Larry thanks so much for jumping on I appreciate uh, the Q&A in the magazine was fantastic and and thanks for doing this as well
1: it's my pleasure
0: thank you to Larry for the time and thanks to everyone who has listened and subscribed to the podcast this year and helped us grow it Uh, we'll have one more episode for you by the end of the year uh, kind of a look back at the year that was for the Golfers Journal as well as uh, some of our favorite stories and things of that nature. So look for that one in about a week or so. Uh, Until then, visit golfersjournal.com for any subscription or merchandise needs that you may have. And we will see you right back here next time.